Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Congratulations. You just closed your first round of funding. Now what? <laughs> so to scale, you better have a plan, a structure, and commitments for who's on board. Today's quote, if you're trying to create a company, it's like baking a cake. You have to have all the ingredients in the right proportion. Any d- idea who said that, Miss uh, Nicole Washington? Uh, let me take a guess. No, I, I better let you handle SpaceX. it. SpaceX. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Elon Musk. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top-performing business leaders and industry experts like our guest today, Nicole Washington. Nicole is the Director of Innovation and Growth for Octane. In her role at Octane, she focuses on engaging with strategic partners to accelerate growth of early-stage ventures and small to medium-sized businesses throughout the entire Southern California ecosystem. She currently serves as Chair of the Academic Committee and Trustee Board of Education for Samueli Academy. Did I pronounce that right? Samueli, yes. Samueli. I knew I was going to mess that one up. <laughs> a STEM high school that uh, delivers state-of-the-art education to a large population of underrepresented youth. Nicole is also a member of the Ohio Tech Angel Fund. And here's a fun fact. They're the second largest angel investor network in the United States. Did not know that. That's right. So she served as the due diligence team, uh, technology lead for several years, which makes her a perfect expert for today's topic. Nicole, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to cover a few things. We're going to cover the importance of having a structured plan, sticking with the plan, and then laying out kind of those structural elements for um, our listeners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, All right. Yeah. So let's start with the plan. Like, where do we start? So I think um, when you get that first round of funding yeah. uh, or, or second in some cases, the one thing you want to do is have a goal. You know, what's the goal for the company? Clearly be able to understand that and articulate that. Uh, why is the goal important? Because now you have to go around and convince people that they also want to be on this journey with you. So it's important for you to be able to clearly articulate what the journey is all about, right? So this is kind of taking it back to the their cause or the mission or the that's vision right. of the company. That's right. right. That's so right. So I think that's the most important place to start, right? So let's start there. Yeah. Do investors really look at, I know they look at kind of the financials and the other things, but did they really dig into the cause, the mission or the vision? Well, it just depends. It depends on the investor you have. And that goes back to be careful the money you get because, yeah. you know, you want it smart money or you want the money aligned with your vision as well. Yeah. Um, but the vision and the mission is more important for you and you you assembling a team, yeah. right? Uh, and then also, if you're trying to go for more funding, uh, sometimes investors look at who's on your team. A lot of times, I mean, that's oh, mostly sh- what they look at. Absolutely. Yeah. And so sometimes <coughs> your team may be a little immature at first. And so you have to be able to plot out how you're going to mature that team or yeah. bring more people on to make it look more mature as you uh, continue to spend that money. I had another friend who was in here who's an investor, and he said, I always invest in the jockeys, not the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that happens. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now in order to attract those people, though, you, you, you have to have a clear vision. Right. You do. I mean, with today's market, it's just it's changed. People aren't going to just jump on. 
Well, yeah. Especially if you don't have the money. In most cases, the good people won't. So you have to figure out what vision you want to uh, relay in order to get the people that you want. So some people are going to go for the money, right? So your clear vision may be, I'm going to make a boatload of money. Do you want to join me? Some people will do that given the right, you know, uh, circumstances. But if you want to have people with the right expertise, uh, with the right passion in that area, then you want to be able to articulate that vision so that it resonates with that person's passion. So I, I never see the money people work out that well. <laughs> I mean, maybe if it's a salesperson, but for the most part, if somebody's really going into it just purely for the money, right. I mean, do you ever see it work out? Uh, you know, it depends. It depends <laughs> on the expertise. Sometimes. Not as much, though. Yeah. I would imagine if you're in the financial space and it's about the money, then... Could be the financial space. Yeah. You know, somebody who just comes in to scale. So you could have one person that wants the money and then you get rid of them pretty quickly and get, you know, when they get you to a place you want to be and where they want to be, you might get someone else. So it's all strategic. Let's talk a little bit about having a pipeline of talent. You should have everything ready to go when you get that funding. Yeah. So I think um, when you chart out where you're going, then you can start to look at who do I hire first, right? Because, you know, just because you, it depends on where you are. If you get your seed money, you may not be able to go out and hire sales and HR and you're not going to be able to hire everyone. Yeah, but you need those key money. people that are going to get the product off the ground you, or get you that that's point. Right. Where, that's where right. That. That's right. So a lot of time the investor wants to know, have you thought through this and do you understand who you're going to hire first, right? And you may have to contract out your HR or something like that. You know, it's interesting. I got a deck from a company that was asking me to help them out on their on their board of advisors. They had their whole team already planned out through sales and everything. Mm-hmm. And they haven't even received their seed mm-hmm. funding yet, which that's I great. thought was ridiculously impressive. Yeah, that is yeah. impressive. And the very first page was their mission and vision where like they talked about how important the culture was. Very good. And exactly how that culture was going to line up. Yeah. It's interesting because some companies don't think about that until no. after, you know, after they have already got hired their first three people. Well, a lot, I've seen companies where, oh my God, I got money. I got to get a hire and they panic and then they just start hiring based right. on skills and then they get themselves into a lot of trouble that way. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's better to begin with the end in mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So you get your key positions in place, your partners, you have your, where do we go from there? Execution. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, execution, that obvious, right? which, yeah, <laughs> which is important because then that's when you hire that key operations person. Mm-hmm. So that person is probably one of the first people you hire. Um, so a lot of times the CEO is the one with the execution expertise or the I've done it before. And then the other people that come in fill in the gaps around the talent that he might be missing or the skills that that person might be missing. Um, but important to to also do once you start hiring people before you make your first hire is to come to an understanding about the agreements like what's going to happen if this thing falls apart it's highly likely that it's it will. very likely <laughs> yeah. most of them do right yeah. most of them don't go to di- the distance yeah. so how do we divorce Let's How do we prenup. divorce? And that's exactly right. Or what do we do in certain circumstances? So the legal agreements need to really be solid and in place when you make that first hire, really. As an investor, though, don't you want those in place prior to you putting any money into the organization? If there's another team member already. Okay. So sometimes it starts out with one person. 
But how right. investable is one person? It just depends. It depends on what kind of engine you have behind you. If somebody, well, if somebody's already done something before. Then if they've already done it before and they Steve just will, need to assemble a team and, yeah. and they have the pedigree that makes you feel like they can go out there and do that, seed money may be coming your way. Before you get the big bucks, usually something's happening already. So. But for most people, they don't have that pedigree. They just, they have an idea. That's right. Is a small company that hasn't really executed before, is that something you're going to need a team behind them before you're going to put any money into them, right? You know, I would, but just some people don't. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> You know, there, there's this thing called Silicon Valley where you hear yeah. the rumors of people going and, you know, having a sheet of paper. It's gotten and getting tougher some, <laughs> up there, though. I think it has. Yeah. People are getting smarter with their money or exactly. um, more conservative with their money in some way, I yeah. think, to promote innovation. I, I agree with that. What are the no-nos that they shouldn't be doing? Well, I think you shouldn't be starting a company and bringing on people without those agreements. And you would be amazed at how much, you know, people do that. They don't have these agreements in place uh, because they're just thinking about, I have this idea and this is what I need to get the idea done. I need a coder. They're not really thinking about all of the issues that could come with having another person working with you, right? What agreements? So the the agreements between the two people, you know, how are we going to work together? Most people think about how many shares do you get, right? But let's think about what happens when, you know, I have to put some money into this. What happens to the shares then as we put more and more money in this because we're bridging the gap before we get, you know, our next round of funding? How do we do that? What happens if I decide I don't want to, you know, be in this business anymore, but my kid wants to do it and I want to let my kid do it? What, you know, those types of decisions. Like an expectations document. Right. When when I sell, when we sell, or what if I want to sell and you don't? You know, all of those things are very, very important when you start, when you, you know, look at hiring. And what's interesting is those are the things that at the end of a relationship, if they're not discussed up front, create a lot of animosity. A lot of animosity, a lot of issues. And and that's what shareholders do not like because that ties (laughs) up money, right? Right? Or you can't operate because somebody's upset. So, you know, the operations plan is not going forth. Entrepreneurs and business leaders understand that when you do get funding, it takes time to ramp up that team. Um, Even if you have people on board, you're still going to have people that are going to fall out that aren't going to have it. So you should be building an active pipeline of people that you have queued, ready to hire a second and third seat. Yes. So you're not just relying upon just one person. For sure. Yeah. So you you have to continue networking. Having a backup plan. If we can't get candidate A, we've got B and C that are both just as good and they fit into the culture and here's why we should make the case for them. I would imagine that would make you as an investor feel much better about your money being invested. Yeah, just like a backup plan for a manufacturer. If I have a product that I'm producing, yeah. right? I don't want just one manufacturer. So backup plans are great. Well, that's why data is always backed in like, what, three different locations? <laughs> if, if we're lucky. <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> if you're just joining us on the live stream or the podcast, uh, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And today our guest is Nicole Washington. She's the Director of Innovation and Growth at Octane. So we just talked a little bit about uh, structuring a plan for what to do after you get the money. Now we're going to talk about how to actually structure that plan. So I want to start with kind of the core values piece, Mm -hmm. because that's near and dear to my heart. It's something that I teach. If you don't know who you are as a company, if you don't know who you are as a person, it's going to be really hard for you to attract people. Right. And you're going to have a a culture that's a mishmash of of misfit toys that mm-hmm. don't yeah. necessarily Yeah, you're going to be wondering what, want to know what to do with those people really soon, like yeah. how to get rid of them, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I always like to think, you know, you want to hire hard and manage easy. 
So if you take your time in the hiring process and you don't rush into it, you're not going to make bad hiring decisions, right. which are going to be very costly to the investors. And But how many people that you know really know how to hire people, right? I know one. <laughs> <laughs> one good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So most people, they need this education of how do I hire? What do yeah. I look for? Because as we know, they're just going to be looking for someone who can code in Python or PHP or, you know. That's kind of how the show sprung up. It's more of a mission of, okay, look at your culture first and then hire for transferable skills. Mm-hmm. People who are going to be along for the ride, they're going to get you to your end destination. Like you said, start with the end in mind first. Right. Those are the people you want. That's right. I do a lot of stuff at the Cove too. Like mm-hmm, when you get, mm-hmm. whenever you guys have events, I'm always there. Yeah. And um, what's interesting is I've met a lot of entrepreneurs telling me all kinds of stories mm-hmm. about, you know, yeah. I, me and my buddy started a company and that just didn't work out. Now we right. hate each other. Right. I, I have one of those personal stories as well. My buddy yeah, uh, hates so, me now. <laughs> so. That's why some people have the rule, never do business with friends or family. I know, right? But everybody tells you you have to get your first money from friends and family. But what's funny is you <laughs> always think that you'll be different. That won't happen right. to me. <laughs> it's going to happen to you. <laughs> yep. When you and I talked before, you were saying mm-hmm. really the important thing is to define your roadmap. So let's right. talk a little bit about that. How? What kind of roadmap do you feel is something that you like to see in companies that you're going to invest in? Well, I think one one thing that's important is what do you do when, right? So if you're selling something, uh, consumer goods or something like that, then who do you hire first? Everybody understands that sales and marketing is what wins the game. So when do you bring on the sales head of sales, right? You know, if you're only getting $500,000, do you spend that money on sales or do you spend it on Marketing. Marketing. (laughs) So that's a dilemma. So you, what? That's a tough dilemma, too. It's very tough. And there's. It seems like they're starting to flop. Right. Marketing seems to be like it's edging over sales almost. It does. Yeah. Especially with the online marketing and the the, the new world that we live in, yeah. right? Yeah. But it all depends. Yeah. It depends. On it the de- business. It depends on your business and it also depends on who's in your network. It depends on what I call the low-hanging fruit, right? So what what is it that you have in your arsenal that will allow you to do better on this avenue than the other? And so it's very unique to the biz- individual business and you know, leadership team. The roadmap is basically your your milestones that they have to hit, right? Right. So certain milestones. So then you know, you know, once we get to this point, then yeah. we can hire this person. So you have to the investor would love to know that you've clearly thought through that. Uh, that kind of is what distinguishes uh, a good and leader. And it's probably really helpful if you say, when we get to this point, we have these three candidates that are lined up for this role. Well, that's even better so that they can take a look at who you think you have in your arsenal. But if you get a good investor, which you want to, you get a smart, you know, smart money, they call it, then that person may also want to have some input. So you got to be a little, you know, careful, careful and toe the line a little bit and be willing to take suggestions because especially when you get to the big institutional guys, sometimes they kind of have an idea of, you know, who can take this and run with it or who helped with this before and you want to make sure that aligns with the values of the person you're thinking of hiring that's a whole nother discussion about when you (laughs) take money right because it's a whole nother discussion because you don't want to take money from somebody who's automatically going to inject themselves into the business and say well look at you no no no, we're going to hire my nephew for this right um he just got out of school and he's really nice (laughs) he needs a job there you go (laughs) talk about all the documents being in place Um, What documents do you recommend they have in place once they get the money? 
your uh, expectations document? Yeah, expectations, um, just kind of shareholder agreements or um, founder founder agreements is okay. really what, what we want to look at. Um, and then there's all sorts of things that the investor will ask for themselves. But as far as hiring is concerned, the main thing is the founder's agreement that you have. The division of responsibility. Right. Division of responsibilities, and, shares. And what happens if this, what happens with, if exactly. I die... My wife comes in and takes over the company. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You want to make sure you have that clearly articulated that yeah. your wife does telecom and we do medical devices. So she's not eligible. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Being preemptive, though, is pretty important in making sure that you've actually talked to the people that you have lined up mm -hmm. for those slots. Right. right? Yeah. They don't get a phone can, call one day and say, you know, hey, hey, man, I want you to come work for me. <laughs> You should have lengthy conversations and have those relationships develop with those people that you want to potentially. You should, and ideally, you've kind of been courting them. If you, and yeah. that's why this whole thing with begin with the end in mind is important because you're courting those people. When you meet someone, you continue to build a relationship. So, it, you know, partially is to make sure that that is the person that you would like. You know, not just their skill set, but also. Like you said, the the values, are they aligned? Now, when you say build with the end in mind, what does that mean in your mind? What that means is, how do I want to structure this company? What type of people do, do I want in this company? What do I want this company to look like at the end of the day, right? What am I doing here? So we're not looking at, hey, the end in mind of, hey, we're going to go IPO in three years and exit for a billion dollars. Well, I mean, that's pretty specific. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try build a great company and then that will come out as they say. Right? I like that idea much better than, hey, we're going to be the biggest mobile app in, in the world. Yeah, that's you know? a little nonspecific. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So there is, you know, it's a mix between the two. And, uh, you know, some investors, you know, they don't want to see you focused on selling, you know, becoming a unicorn. Some do. So really, you know, when I say it depends, I'm not just not answering the question. It really does depend on your investor mix and what, what you're trying to do. Okay, so we get our key people, which we got identified. Now we got to build. Maybe we need some engineers. Maybe right. we need something else. That should be planned out too, by the way, where you're going to go. Right. But you should start developing relationships in those arenas mm -hmm, too, way mm -hmm. prior to getting the money. So one, one of the things we suggest really important to remember is that innovation happens on a university campus. Yes. Uh, there are some other places too, but that's a prime location for innovation. And these days, luckily, a lot of engineers uh, would love to go start a company oh, yeah. or be in the mix somehow. It's the cool thing to do. Oh, yeah. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> be careful. <laughs> but, you know, so that's a great place to start. Um, so, you know, you might do a search online and search for, you know, professors do research all the time and they have research assistants. Yeah. Uh, they have undergraduates, graduate students who are doing research. So if you do an online search for research at university, you probably will come up with a, a few universities doing that type of research and understand who's doing, who's at the top of their game and the research related to what you're doing. That's a good place to start. You should definitely be a fixture at events where those people hang out too, where you can kind for of sure. network with them. For sure. I mean, the worst thing you can do I'm going to get a lot of calls from recruiters right now. Uh -huh. Worst thing you could do is like just reach out to recruiters and have them <laughs> find. I'm going to get hate mail now. You know, when when you're starting a company, you can't afford it most. Right, cases. and that's we're, the we're, idea. We're, we're pricey, and yet you want to build from the network. The other thing is referrals. You got to leverage referrals. Mm -hmm. The people that you know that you've worked with in the past. Or I agree. Leveraging referrals is key. Yeah. 
for sure, for sure. But I think, you know, when you look at the university campus, that's really for the people who are just getting a little bit of seed money. They don't have the resources to afford recruiters. Um, you know, they yeah. can barely pay the salary. So, you barely pay the rent. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but not, you got funding, so now you can. And this is what, right. <laughs> you, you can, yeah, but you, you, you don't, don't want to squ- that. That's right. Yeah. You got to be careful, and that's why you begin with the end in mind, and you have those milestones because you know how much money you're going to spend at each step of the way. Ideally, it's always going to take more, right? And but, taking on a huge burn rate is not a good idea. That's exactly right. It's the quickest way to get your funding pulled. <laughs> <laughs> and not get any more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. What would be uh, three takeaways? Mm -hmm. I think uh, one, you know, if you're uh, struggling with where to find talent, think about the university campus, uh, you know, great suggestion, right? Think about that. The other thing is always start a company with what you perceive are your values and the culture. Okay. So that, that's very important because that's the type of team you want aligned with. Agreed. Um, And then I think, you know, the next thing is we, we can steal from someone, someone else begin with the end in mind. You know what? I love that. So I, I say don't make compromises, goals of the company first, and you know, hire with the end result in mind. There you go. I'm right there with you. So hey, we got it. All right. All right. We're just about out of time for today's show. Thanks for your time investment today, Nicole. Thank you and for I really having appreciate me. you being a guest. And welcome to the Higher Power Radio community. Thanks a lot. Now, if somebody's looking to get uh, involved with Octane or wants to reach out to you, how do they reach you? Oh, well, they can reach me at Nicole at octaneoc.org. Or they can reach us at octaneoc.org online. Perfect. And that's Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, right? That's right. I want to thank our, lis- lis- our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Firepower. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our new creative director, Ayla Gerard, and our right. producers, Andrea Ballin and Shanti Rao. That's my eight-year-old daughter. Uh, she- yeah, I noticed the similarity <laughs> name. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. We need your feedback to make the content amazing for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higherpowerradio.com. That's H-I-R-E-P-O-W-E-R-R-A-D-I-O. Uh, and you can find us on all the various podcast platforms. Or follow me on Instagram at rickgerard one Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Sherry Benjamin. Sherry is the president of S. Benjamins and Company. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.